If you are digging back through the Photo Business Help Catalog, which you must be if you're hearing this message right now, keep in mind that technology changes and our offerings change. So any links that you might hear me mention during this episode you're about to hear may not work anymore. Make sure you head to photobizhelp.com forward slash links for all of our current links and offers. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash links and ignore the things that you hear in this episode today because they might be outdated. Everything you need is at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. Let me just close my window. So I'm so sorry. A whole bunch of them just No, it's fine. It's Okay, we've got coyotes on the show. Coyotes. Okay. This is good. I want coyotes. I want all the coyotes. That is crazy. Hold on. Oh my gosh. Okay. So sorry. No, I hope that some of this stays in and I think production will do that. Yeah, because I've actually never heard a coyote audio bomb on a podcast before. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels, from brand new to burnt out who want to grow in business. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. Since starting Jennings Photo in 2010, growing a photo business has brought me so many opportunities. It's changed my life for the better, and I want that for you too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. Looking for a professional website for your photography business? Then check out Pro Photo. They offer tons of beautiful designs to choose from and a builder that gives you full control to customize however you'd like so you won't get stuck with a cookie cutter site or have to pay a fortune for a custom one. With top of the line dedicated web hosting and amazing support, let Pro Photo partner with you to make your website a great one. Right now, for listeners of the Photo Business Help podcast, ProPhoto is offering a special introductory rate of only $25 per month for the first 18 months when you sign up using the coupon code PHOTOBIZHELP. So that's $25 per month, almost half off for the first 18 months that you try this out. This is hosting with the beautiful templates. The code is PHOTOBIZHELP, B-I-Z, when you check out. So whether you've never had a website before or you're looking to make a switch, using ProPhoto will give you a site you can be proud of and the support you can trust. And I can speak to this. I use ProPhoto for my theme. I have for about eight years now. I'm now hosting with them. Their customer support is unparalleled. They're an amazing company to work with. Once again, $25 per month for the first 18 months with a special listener code Photo Biz Help. You're listening to the Photo Business Help Podcast. My name is Natalie Jennings. Thank you for listening. Today is an interview episode, and I am speaking with Fiona Margot of Fiona Margot Photography, and we connected on Clubhouse, as Clubhouse is tending to connect me with a lot of folks lately. But uh, Fiona was chatting about, we. But first of all, we both kind of started out around the same time in photography, but uh, she was chatting a lot about Pinterest and some other things that I thought were fascinating as far as a business approach to photography. So welcome to the show, Fiona. Do you want to just let folks know a little bit about what you do and uh, where you're at? Um, Hi, Natalie. Thanks so much for having me. So 
As you said, I've been doing this since about 2010, and I started off with just families and newborns. And then over the past five years or so, I did two things. I transitioned to be a full-time photographer, and I kind of carved out an interesting niche for myself of adventure family. So I do a lot of photo shoots up in the mountains and all over my state. I live in Washington, so we have some of, in my opinion, the most beautiful backdrops ever. So I spend a lot of time in my car, but I love it. And I get to see absolutely gorgeous places. So in one week, I'll be at the ocean and then up at the mountains and then in eastern Washington where there's kind of rolling hills. So that's kind of how I've built my business around sessions is really trying to get adventurous, beautiful spots. And then I've also been educating other photographers with marketing because I know that's a huge struggle point for a lot of people. Yeah, awesome. Do you have a place that folks can check out for the marketing help? So everything's really centralized on my Instagram, which is just Fiona Margo. Okay, cool. And we'll add that in the show notes as we always do. I'm curious. So so we both started out right around 2010. And I speak a lot in my own trainings and stuff with photo business help, which is obviously more business related than like shooting related education. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious how your marketing approach changed and how maybe it got easier or more difficult? Like what what were the benefits of sort of niching down to adventure family from family? So I found that I really wanted to create more boundaries around my business. That was a big struggle point for me because I was in this place of saying yes to everything. And then I wasn't loving what I was doing creatively and that really hurt my process. So there's one emotion that I'm very, very careful of in my business, which is resentment. So I'll do pretty much anything to avoid that feeling because if I come away from a shoot and I feel resentment or I'm getting ready for a shoot or I'm editing and I feel that, then I know I'm entering like the burnout territory. And so I decided what I really wanted to do was these types of shoots where my clients could create beautiful wall art that incorporated landscapes. So it caused me to put the boundaries up to a lot of local folks and say, I'm no longer the girl who's going to meet you at the park at four when the light is gross and we'll just try to make the best of it. I started implementing that I would only shoot golden hour. That was my first thing I did. Then I said, I'm only going to shoot weekdays. So I didn't shoot weekends anymore. And that really helped because up in the mountains, in a lot of these places that I shoot, it's too busy on the weekends to go. So I kind of trained my clientele to work within my boundaries. And then I said, okay, not only are we not doing those things, but we're also going to drive like two hours. And it was just a thing where I think because I was really sure about the process and had really strong boundaries around it, it helped other people trust that they were going to get great images. And so a lot of people ask me, like, how do you get people to go really far away? Or how do you how do you get them to shoot at golden hour only? And it's I think it's that if you trust yourself as the artist, then other people can trust you as well. So I knew that if I could reduce the types of imagery that made my creative heart sing, then I would be an even better photographer and business owner. So it was just slowly letting go of the things I didn't love and really hyper-focusing on the things I did. This is so good. And it's so important. That's the exact word, resentment, that I have brought up a few times recently in Clubhouse. We were chatting about it. And it is 
it is such a good guidepost for things that you do because I think mm-hmm. I'm sure you notice too with helping other folks starting out that like one of the bigger things is like, how do I find clients that I like? And what do I do? They want to go to the park at 1 p.m. And you know, like all that stuff. And I think it's really hard when you're first starting out or even it doesn't actually even need to be when you're first starting out. It's just hard to put up boundaries mm-hmm. when you haven't done it before because you want the experience and the work and maybe they're really nice folks and maybe it's, you know, a time where you need to make extra money. But I've also found that putting up boundaries has just been, it's just been magical because I'm yeah. doing stuff that lights me up and I go into it a, a lot more creatively. So I'm right. so glad that you brought that up. I don't know if you can hear that. There, those are coyotes. That's amazing. Let me just close my windows. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So sorry. No, I hope that some of this stays in, and I think production will okay. do that. Because yeah, because I've actually never heard a coyote audio bomb on a podcast before. <laughs> the world's first coyote audio bomb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, when I talk, because I do a lot of mentoring, one of the first hurdles is, you know, clients will say, like, I really want to produce this type of imagery. I really want to get consistent. I really want to have people trust me. So I kind of swing a different way on, like, the ideal client thing. So I tell people not so much to focus on the ideal client, but to focus on creating your type of creative ideal imagery. And if you're super consistent with that, it really builds brand trust and that allows the ideal clients to find your work and gravitate towards it without you having to market to them specifically. And so it's really hard to do that when you're trying to build a business around beautiful beach sessions at golden hour, but you're doing cake smashes at 1 p.m. in the local park because then you feel pressure to show those images and you don't want to show them and then you do show them and then your clients are confused because that, of course, does not look like what they want from you. And so I think the boundaries is kind of the first hurdle that probably most photographers stumble through. And then they realize that you can say no and you can say, I only shoot at this time. I only shoot at these locations. I think sometimes we forget our confidence in the way that we're the artists, the clients are coming to us. They don't know anything about light and they don't know anything about how to produce the results that you could produce for them. Otherwise they would just do the shoot with their iPhone, which of course they know is not going to work. So I think it was also stepping into that confidence as a creative, which does come with time and just saying, you know, this is how I want it to look and this is how I want it to be. And I want my clients to be happy. And the crazy thing about it is since I've transitioned to doing that, even though I have kiddos who are staying up way past their bedtime and dads who maybe are shocked that their wives have signed them up for a session that's two hours away and all of these things. I have had no complaints in the past two years. I've had no unhappy people. And that is so different than when I was just falling all over myself, trying to cater to the needs of people who we were almost going off of their vision completely. And I was just trying to execute it as opposed to their hiring me for my vision, which is of course much easier because I know exactly how to execute it. Oh, that's so great. And it falls into communication too, like they know what to expect, but I love your approach. So I talk a lot about ideal client, but also from the perspective of what experience would you clone? If you could just clone Mm -hmm. the experience, which is similar, you know, what kind of art do you want to keep creating again? That falls into that whole experience. And I love that perspective because I think burnout 
comes directly from a place of taking on way too many things that you don't want to do. I remember when I started out, I was all weddings when I started. And that was, Mm -hmm. that helped me grow my business really quickly because it was like such a focus. But it only took maybe like five or six of those great big giant 10 people on each side Catholic weddings to be like, nope, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this. And it was really scary the first time I said no to one of those because it's money, right? And you're trying to grow your business. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, the more, you know, I I try to remind folks uh, to show what you want to sell, which you kind of Mm -hmm. touched on. And I had someone ask me the other day, um, how do you handle clients that are bummed that you're not sharing their work? And I've not actually ever had much of an issue with that because I share so sporadically and randomly that I don't think Mm -hmm. everyone expects to see their work. But have you had any issues with that at all? I'm the same as you. So in the very beginning, I used to, you know, promise a sneak peek. And that would be another like little mountain of pressure that would be on my back. And then I decided like, that's actually not part of what I'm promising them when they hire me. What I'm promising them is the session and the images. And I have to be very specific about what I show, especially when I was in that transition phase. So for me, I've only actually had one and she made it on my Instagram. Um, And then she said, Oh, I saw that you only posted one image from our session. So you must not have liked it or something. And I was like, Oh man, no, that's not at all. There's actually so many people who I never show. And it's not, it's not anything. Mainly it's that I don't post a ton as is, but then I'm always kind of using my images strategically for marketing. So it's not like I post a session and then I show that I'm posting what I'm booking next. So it's done in a very strategic way. So I'll have like, I do snow minis up in the mountains. And I'll not show most of those because I want to use those for marketing. And I know that when they're going to be the most potent for people to book those sessions is if I keep them in my pocket until September and then show them. So I think that when photographers feel pressured to show every single session, then they kind of lose the ability to use those marketing images strategically later on. So that's kind of how I view it. But yeah, I think because I never, it's clearly not, I don't use client names. I don't say here's the S family or anything like that. I feel like it's my clients don't expect it. So I've never had much pushback, but that's another thing that comes up with a lot of the photographers that I talk to. And I say, you just have to move on from it and just explain like, these are images that I'm using to book other sessions. And so they may show up in my stories or they may show up. Usually I'd say at least one image from most of my sessions ends up in my stories. That's like a place where I'll show, but actually on my feed or making a blog post, those are done very strategically. Awesome. Now that makes total sense. And I'm curious if you have any literature that you standard, like a page that you send people to or a PDF that you send along to explain to people why you're driving two hours, why, you know, any of these questions that might come up, even including the sharing the images or not sharing them, do you have uh, something that you send out standard or do do you just kind of reply as needed to different people's questions? So the way that I do it is kind of weird. So I book out pretty much my entire year on one day which is I do a Black Friday sale. So every year I raise my prices and then I do a little discount and I do a sale. And so my husband's a firefighter and we kind of sit down in October or so and we plan out the things we want to do for the year. And I use Acuity online scheduling and I put all the dates that I'm available for summer and all the sessions I want to do. And then my clients know and or anyone that's want, like people who want to book with me right now, I'll let them know 
I'm booked for now, but my calendar opens on this day. And then once that calendar opens, then it's just a flood of people that go and book all the days through the summer and all the days that are available. So there's not really a lot of questions that come in the beginning because I feel like the imagery kind of speaks for itself in that way. And I don't have, I, I don't have any sort of people are rushing to get the spots. I've kind of created a little bit of scarcity around it. So nobody's really having any pushback or questions because they just want the spot. Then when the time comes to actually go to the mountains, I mean, I just, they all know it's on my website. My website, I think of as like my storefront. Mm -hmm. That's how I think of it. My storefront of my business. I drive everybody there. I want all the information. So if people had questions about mountain stuff, it is all on my website, but I don't have much pushback. I mean, my farthest place that I go is like three hours. So it's a big drive and people often have to get an Airbnb and all of that. But it's like they they kind of know that from booking and what I talk about on my own Instagram and stuff. So I'm kind of limited in this way where I don't actually send a ton of stuff to clients. I just know they know they're booking me for the types of imagery that they see on my account wherever they found me, whether it be Pinterest or Instagram or my website. And then as the session gets closer, I send them the styling resources and how to get to the location. But beyond that, there's not that much. And I never mention like, you're not going to get a sneak peek or anything like that. I try to keep it. I'm a simple, simple human. I shoot with two lenses. I edit my I'm a really simple editor. So I try to keep everything really simple. So I found that if sometimes I mentored photographers who have like, you know, tons of information that they're sending out and tons of questionnaires. And I do wonder if that can actually create more questions and people being unsure about things because they're feeling like overwhelmed from how much stuff you're sending. So I keep it pretty simple. I love that you said that too, because I, I think I'm in your boat also with a lot of those things. I just have like three lenses that are like my, my rotating three. And I have a couple others that I carry with me, but I mean, I don't shoot weddings anymore, so I don't, I don't need them. And I think the information that I provide has always been pretty straightforward. So when I have students come to me or folks that I'm working with, just say like, everyone, like I'm having to answer all these questions, or I do think it might be inner like Mm -hmm. information overload for for clients and and keeping it simple. And maybe if you're listening to this and you're just starting out, you know, finding ways that you can keep things simple with your equipment, with your offer, with your, you know, like everything you're doing, if you can just keep things really simple at first, um, you always have room to expand and grow and try new things. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious also with your scheduling and Acuity is great. I've used Calendly for some stuff. How do you choose, let's say somebody's only available on a Tuesday at a week that they choose in July, but you have like, like how many days do you keep open? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, is it Monday oh, yeah. through Friday or, you know, you said you only shoot on the weekdays. Yeah. So it's usually like I'll shoot Monday, Tuesday, Thursday would be like a normal week for me. And not all of those will be in the mountains. Usually only two of them will be in the mountains. And so this is the thing where like, if they can't shoot on the day, then like too bad. <laughs> I mean, it sounds mean, but like I have to set those boundaries because yes, you do. I want to be available for my girls. You know, my girls are my girls are 11 and almost 10. They just gone on a soccer team. So when I was a younger mom and my kids were younger, I thought like, oh, when they get older, they'll need me less during this evening time. But it's actually switched where there's more after school activities, more things I want to be available for. So I have to just keep those things in 
And also that allows me reschedule time within the week if I need to reschedule because of weather. Obviously, I live in Washington where we can get the full gamut of weirdness with rain and cloud cover. And um, I'll even allow people to reschedule if it's cloudy because my business is so built on my use of light. So I do keep it just those days in the calendar and then I reschedule if necessary. Um, But yeah, if somebody needs a Tuesday, then like it's really just first come first serve with the available dates. And I, I don't really have anybody saying like, Oh, could you make this day work? Because I think it's clear from the, from the calendar that those are the days that I'm available. Maybe people could perceive it as sounding too something, but it, it was a huge mental transition in my business when it went from, I need these people to hire me to, if you want to hire me, this is how we do it. Oh, that yeah. was like a huge switch. And so I've just kept that in the, and the online scheduling has kept me very, very true to that because I, I put the days in there and then it's easy for me to say, Oh no, what's available is what's available. But you know, if you want to come around next year, then we can, you yeah, can try yeah, yeah. again, you know, and that I feel like that's okay. Do you get it is okay. And I think it's awesome. And I think that mindset shifts like that are huge, mm-hmm. because it puts yeah, you in an, sure. an empowered position, like you are the artist. And you know, do you get inquiries throughout the year, though? So like folks that miss yes. that Black Friday thing? And mm-hmm. how do you t- how do you handle that? So I usually get about five to seven inquiries a week. So there's quite a few coming in. A lot of people can see that I'm booked. So people even go on my website, click through the online booking and be like, oh, I see that it's, I see that it's booked. You probably haven't just put the dates up yet. You know, they're trying to, and I'm like, oh no, it is booked. So if it's a situation where they're coming into town and they, I have a lot of out of state people because they want the mountains. So if that's the case, I have a people I refer to. So, so I'll email back and get a little more information about what they're looking for, but I refer out a lot, which is great because I have a great group of photographers that I can trust and that I can send business to. And, you know, another huge mindset shift for me was really not being in that scarcity mindset about clients and really going to that abundance mindset of thinking like, honestly, the more the merrier. And if I can't serve someone, but someone I trust can, then that's like the best case scenario for both of us. And yeah, I mean, I still get those inquiries and then people, they'll say like, you know, I say, put it in your phone. This is when my calendar opens. Or, you know, I have days that do open if there's cancellations or whatever. So I'll let them know that. But I never unnecessarily like keep someone waiting or, you know, let them lose on on the fact of booking another photographer if I know for sure that I'm not available. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's great. And I I always talk about sort of like rising tide lifts all boats thing. And in the Mm -hmm. photo business help community, at least like that is been something I've talked about for years. I started coaching like in 2014 or something about like how to start your business, you know, Mm because I've been doing it for a few years. And a couple of my students have who I'm who are still in the Facebook group and still hang out, they have made more than like half of their income as uh like references from other photographers. So connecting with other photographers and, you know, other photographers like saying, Hey, can you shoot for me? And I think there, I don't know if you remember this, but I think that the industry was like a little, I think a lot less warm than it is now uh, back Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. At least I felt that. And I, I was discouraged by that. So, and I, I'd love to hear. So some of your marketing stuff is so genius. And I think just this first episode is going to help people tremendously, Mm -hmm. especially if they're new. We chatted a little bit on Clubhouse about some Pinterest stuff, which I'm just Mm -hmm. curious to ask you a little bit about. And I think we'll jump into that on the next episode before we sign off. 
where again can people find you if they want to check out what you're up to? So the easiest place is probably Instagram, which is Fiona Margo. And then my full website is fionamargophotography.com. Awesome. Thank you, Fiona. Thank you. If you're feeling stuck growing your photography business, I put together a list of eight things that since 2010 have consistently helped Jennings Photo to grow. Go to photobizhelp.com forward slash eight things, the number eight, the word things, and grab this freebie. It's called Eight Things to Grow. It'll help you get your head sorted and give you a little bit more clarity. You know, I'm a huge fan of clarity around what you need to have in your business. So head over to photobizhelp.com forward slash eight things. I hope you have a beautiful day. Remember, in everything you want to achieve, consistency is key.